Well, good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. We're going to continue this morning with the theme, Love is the Key. Before, I'd like to sing one of the scripture songs. I love um, scripture and song. Um, I always feel really blessed when we're singing the actual scriptures. So the scripture it's based on this morning, as we continue, Love is the Key, is the story of the Good Samaritan. So I'd just like to sing, He Poured in the Oil and the Wine. He poured in the oil and the wine The kind that restoreth my soul He saw me bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road When he poured in the oil and the wine If you know it, please sing along with me Yes, he poured in the oil and the wine The kind that restoreth my soul He saw me bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road When he poured in the oil and the wine Oh yes, he poured in the oil and the wine The kind that restoreth my soul He saw me bleeding and dying On the Jericho road When he poured in the oil and the wine He saw me bleeding and dying On the Jericho road When he poured in the oil and the wine Yes, he poured in the oil and the wine Yes, he poured in the oil and the wine He saw me bleeding, <coughs> dying on the Jericho road When he poured in the oil and the wine <coughs> Praise you, Lord <coughs> Scripture and song always blesses me because we're actually singing the word of God. We're singing what is in scripture. So allow me now to take you to the story of the Good Samaritan. I would like to begin to say, how does the Good Samaritan relate to life today? The parable of the Good Samaritan shows that society, our communities, and relationships are not permanently broken, we can restore them. And it can all begin with reaching out to others, whoever they are, whatever state they are in. Love is the key. The Good Samaritan is used to describe someone who compassionately helps others. Jesus spoke in parables to get stories across to the world, to us to his children. Although many of you here today know the story well and maybe know it better than I do, I pray we will all be refreshed this morning as I have been refreshed. Taking the scriptures from Luke 10, verses 25 to 37, NIV version. We're going to begin at verse 25. 
On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Here we have a scholar well-versed in scripture asking Jesus the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26, what is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. From Jerusalem to Jericho was a distance of 17 miles and a descent from about 2,000 feet above sea level to about 800 feet below. The road ran through rocky desert country, which provided spaces for robbers to waylay defenceless travellers. We're now on verse 31. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. Maybe the priest and Levi assumed he was dead and avoided him to keep themselves spiritually clean as priests were not allowed to touch a dead body as that would make them unclean. The man who was robbed, beaten and abandoned was ambushed. But his presence on the road was a clear indication to other travellers that robbers were around. So the priest and the Levite like maybe passed by on the other side, not because they didn't want to help the man, but maybe they feared being attacked themselves. 33. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. The beaten man was a Jew who hated Samaritans. They were classed as hated foreigners. Jews viewed Samaritans as half-breeds, both physically and spiritually. Samaritans and Jews practiced hostility to each other. But Jesus asserted that love knows no national boundaries. Our God loves us all here, whatever our nationality we are, all of us united in Christ. So, what is my nationality? So, um, my mum and dad met together in Germany. My mum has come from a German nationality. They met during the war. And my mum was an interpreter for the British Army. That's how my dad met her. And then they came over to England. Mum got married here, and Eddie was the first born, and I'm the second born. 
So my blood, I am, as, as I'm told by others, I'm half English and half German. So that's okay. I'm not ashamed of who I am. But what unites me with fellow believers here today, whatever our nationalities, wherever we are from, is that the blood of Christ flows through our veins, making us children of the living God united in him. And it's wonderful that we can come all together, you know, in this place. There's probably people from Africa, Portugal, I heard, all over the world. I haven't had to go to Portugal and Africa to meet. You've come here in this place, and we're all together here, united in Christ. And I, I think it's amazing how God works in our lives with all the different nationalities and who we are. But one thing we know, the blood of Jesus, those who belong to him, flow through all our veins. And we're all the same in Jesus Christ, our heavenly Lord. Right, let's get back to the story. Verse 34. He went to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. The oil and the wine poured on the Samaritan's wounds were used for cleansing. In real-world applications, wine contains alcohol and can be used as a disinfectant. The oil can create a barrier of sorts to keep dirt and germs out. The alcohol in the wine would be used for cleansing and the oil helps the wound to heal and possibly prevent scarring. 36. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. We are neighborly when we do likewise by our actions and deeds, when we are merciful and kind to others. Jesus calls us to be neighbors to our enemies, to love them and pray for them. This is what Jesus' love is like. But hey, you may ask, what about the neighbor who lives nearby and gives me a hard time, plays his loud music? The workmate who is difficult and challenging. The brother or sister in Christ who may we find impossible. It's none of us here. Jesus says, love them as I love you and gave my life for you and for the whosoever. Be merciful. Be patient. Pray for them. If a neighbor comes and asks you for help, do not withhold it if it is in your power to help. If you ask for food, clothing, and you have it, give it. They wouldn't ask you if they didn't need help. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later. I will give it tomorrow when you now have it with you. James 14, verse 14 to 16 says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? 
Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of us say to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? The Samaritan did a good deed. We need to do the same. The main lessons from the story illustrates how religious individuals like the priest and Levite could be spiritually cold and indifferent to those in need. It highlights to me the heroism of the Samaritan, emphasizing that neighborly love transferred radical and social boundaries. The lesson Jesus teaches is for us to love one another even if, even if we are too busy tired, late, don't know them, or don't like them, or their religious beliefs, we are still called to love them. Love one another as I have loved you. What is love? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 tells us, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Let's take a look at some of what I've now said in this scripture. Love is patient. The Bible teaches us to be patient in our interaction with others. We are encouraged to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience in dealing with others. We are reminded to be patient with those who may be difficult or challenging to love. Love is kind. Jesus said, love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful and evil. Our kindness reflects the Father heart and love of God. Be kind and compassionate to one another and whoever you are in contact with. It does not envy. Psalm 14.30 says about envy, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Those are strong words and a powerful warning against falling prey to envy. It does not boast. Do not boast about ourselves. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast only in the Lord and his love. It is not proud. Pride goes before fall. Do not become proud in your spirit. It is not rude. If anyone is rude to you, turn the other cheek. Jesus did. If anyone insults you, respond without retort. Retort means to say something in a remark, typically sharp, angry, or possibly witty. It is not self-seeking. It does not envy. No one should seek their own good but the good of others. For where envy and self-seeking exist, 
confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, and without partiality. It is not easily angered. Do not become provoked in spirit, but try to keep the bond of peace. There are times when there is a righteous anger, like Jesus when he was in the temple. You can read that yourself. It's a good verse of scripture to read. So, it keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, I don't like that one, because can you remember last week when so-and-so, so-and-so did this to me? Can you remember a few weeks back? There, well, this lady said something about me, these words, you know, and I can't, I can't get over that. I've got to keep that record there. And, and years ago, actually, you know, so-and-so did this to me on a certain day, and oh, my goodness, it keeps no record of wrongs. And how often do some of us you know, keep record of wrongs. There's many a times when I hear people saying things, you know, a bit past, keeping a record of wrong, and I even do it myself at times. So this is definitely spoken to me today. The love of God for us keeps no record of wrongs. Our sins are washed away. We are forgiven as far as the east, if that's the east side, to the west. Our transgressions are forgiven. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs and neither should we? Remember, love never fails. Never fails. So the moral of the story. Jesus told the story to explain to people that they should love everyone, including their enemies. It is easy to love family and friends most of the time, but it's more difficult to love those who you may not get along with or even those who may harm you. The story highlights more importantly to me the love of God through Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour who endured the cross scorning the shame and took our sin upon himself. Jesus, the Son of God, enduring the pain and suffering so that today we have life in him. He did this because of his love for the world. It is also a picture of Jesus who has seen us on the Jericho road in pain and suffering in our lives, not only in the natural, but most certainly in the spiritual. And before I started to prepare this message, I was taken to people here today needing spiritual healing of the past hurts that have not been surrendered to the Lord, wounds that are oozing, wounds in the backs of those that have had words spoken against them, Wounds from others that have hurt deeply. Wounds that have festered. Wounds that only God himself can heal. No doctor, no nurse, or medical profession can heal. No surgery, any surgeon can perform because they are spiritual. No, only God himself knows the deep hidden pain of those suffering today. Here in this place, in this house, Past hurts. God can only, he's the only one who can pour in the oil and the wine on these past hurts and long to bind up and, bend, and actually bandage these wounds. To do surgery where it is needed. He is our surgeon. Daily, he looks after us in our brokenness. 
there will be scars left, a sign that God himself has healed and touched, hidden deep within the soul. Things that hold us in bondage, those that love him. He longs to pour in the oil and the wine. There is an old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie and very, very untrue. For cruel words do have the power to hurt deeply. Some walk around with labels from the past pinned on them. Some from childhood saying, stupid, useless, you will never be any good. Words have the power to bring people up or down and make them feel worthless. There are wounds here today that are natural, wounds that are painful with arthritis, rheumatism, muscle aches, which come as we get older, and many other complaints. Wounds that have not healed, he, God, the Father, longed to touch. He desired to heal and renew us today, touching our bodies from all infirmities and whatever afflicts us. We sing the song, he touched me, he touched me, and all the joy that fills my soul, something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. Cleansing. Will you allow him to cleanse the wounds today and bring total healing to the body, mind, and soul? Will you allow him to bring you to the cross so that you can personally know him? Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then come to the fountain of healing and restoration. He is here. The Lord God Almighty is here. His presence is here. We have seen it. We have felt it. All we need to do is come and ask him. Come to the cleansing healing fountain. He is here. Come to the altar. You are not coming to me or man or Malcolm, or Cecile. No, you are coming to the almighty God who created us and knows our animals being and he knows those that are hurting. Come, let him pour in the oil and the wine, the kind that restores our soul. God is love and he longs to restore us all because of his love for us. If you feel that the Lord is actually speaking to you today and there's past hurts, then you know, come. It's what God is saying. Come to the altar. Come to him. There's the oil there, anointing there, Malcolm and Seal, and others can be praying for you. If you go home and you take them with you, then fine, you can come before the Lord in your own home. But if any of you feel that this is you and that there has been words in the past that have really pulled you down, even though you know the Lord, past hurts can affect you. Things of the past us and can affect you until you're surrendered to the Lord or you had them dealt with. So God is love and he longs to restore us all because of his love for us. And all God's people say, Amen.